Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Thank you for listening to Spin, the Rally Pod, brought to you by Dirtfish Rally School. For your chance to experience life behind the wheel of a rally car, head to drive.dirtfish.com to find the course that's right for you. What are you waiting for? We're right here waiting for you. Hello, 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 and welcome to the review of Rally Sweden 2024 here on Spin the Rally Pod, brought to you by Dirtfish.com. Oh boy, we've got a lot to talk about. Snow, 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 snow. We've got people yonder, but joining us on the podcast, it is the excellent David Evans and the marvellous George Donaldson. Morning, boys. Good morning, morning Lisa. Morning, David. Morning, David, George. Happy and well. Oh yes, you you were at home this weekend, David. What I was don't like on? I don't like the sound of George's enthusiasm. Oh yes, <laughs> just, oh, come no, on. There's a lot yeah. coming now, isn't there, Lisa? Did you anybody just... sleep after all of that at the weekend? You no. just you just you just know I will never be welcomed into a team's uh, <laughs> a, a, a team's hospitality area ever again after this. And I am going to Safari Rally, so I might actually attenuate what I say slightly. <laughs> we, we had a little bit of a, a, a WhatsApp chat over the weekend, George and I, and you know we we'd sort of touch briefly on the politics, and we won't go into any of that because obviously we're going to discuss all of that right now uh or or in the next hour or so but george you just called it absolutely right when you said you know on particularly on friday when it was like all of that blah 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 blah, blah but what an amazing day sport and it was and you know that was just the point it was fantastic what a what a great event Everything within the regulations as well. No, there was nobody, nobody, I mean, it's it, okay, you're taking liberties with what some people might think is the sporting value, but uh, mm. actually, they're wrong, actually. It's, right, uh, hold that thought, <laughs> hold that thought. And so it because, begins. Uh, we're we're, we're, we're going to get sucked into the uh, the discussions of uh, metaphorical and real snowdrifts, but we've got a lot to get covered. But I think we can still squeeze in uh, a little of the fever from Rally Sweden. Let's let's get uh, a bird's eye view from someone experiencing their first time in the snow. Out there for dirtfish.com alongside Colin Clark and cameraman Elliot Bernard was James Bowen experiencing it for the first time north of the Arctic Circle. Put your interview hat on and take it away, Elliot. Thank you, Lisa. Now, James, we're here finally at the hotel by the airport here in Stockholm. Seven hours back down from Umia. What are your thoughts? What are your highlights, mate, from your first event with Dirtfish on the ground? Yeah, I've had a little bit of time to think about it now, I suppose. Uh, that is definitely a long old drive. <laughs> um, I mean, it's been an incredible experience, Elliot. I mean, from the moment we landed, really, it was, yeah, it was a different, a different place, a different world. Uh, you know, that drive north in the blizzard, basically, as it was. Um, couldn't see the road at times. Um, you know, it was like, hey, welcome to Sweden. <laughs> and, you know, that kind of set the tone for the weekend. The conditions were a factor the whole time. And just being on the ground in that kind of really heavy snow of Friday, um, you know, it just creates an eerie environment when you're out there in the forests. Uh, you know, we, we spoke to a few local residents on sort of the, the tiny little roads that these stages go up yeah. and down and, and one of the guys I spoke to was saying well, last year he could hear the rally cars from absolutely miles away but this year he couldn't hear them at all because there was so much snow on the ground and in the trees just absorbing all that sound so yeah I think those conditions were something we'd not seen on rally Sweden for a long time um, and for us kind of out there once you sort of drive out north of, of Umeå, uh it really is like being totally in the wilderness and, and with that kind of heavy, thick snow. I mean, we got to roads that were just impassable at times. <laughs> um, it's a proper, proper adventure up there. Yeah, 
Yeah, and I mean, you've been working with Dirtfish for a short while now. You've been at home writing stories, covering uh, Dirtfish Live Centre, putting in a shift there. But how is this different when you're out here on the ground on an event? What is the main differences and uh, what are your takeaways? Yeah, I suppose it's context. You, you sort of you live and breathe the event and you feel kind of the ups and downs of it much more. Um, and you're out there with, with the fans, you're out there kind of at stop lines and, and in the stages. Um, you just feel a, yeah, a huge amount more connected to it, I suppose. And, you know, what, what we do at Dirtfish, you know, we're not just there to, to, to cover what happens. You know, we, we, we're out there venturing into the stages when we can to try and get, you know, these, these little snippets of, of interviews and pictures with, with drivers as they happen. And, um, yeah, it's a totally different experience. Um, but, yeah, it's a pretty cool, it's a pretty cool job, I must say. How about you, Elliot? How was your? It's your third time. It's right, that right? Yeah, third time. Third time. Yeah. Earlier this year. How was it compared to the last couple of years? You're, you're bang on though with what you say about me. I mean, I, as I told you, we ended up at this junction on Saturday night uh, outside this house with two with a marshal and the house owner, and it was the exact same two to the um, people I'd spoken to the year before. You know, it was one year apart, same stage, same afternoon. And we had a little catch-up. How's life? You know, what's changed in a year? This is how lucky we are at Dirtfish to get out, get on the stages, feel the event, see the event. And, yeah, we really cannot take that for granted. It is, it is awesome. I really enjoyed this event. It was very sunny last year, but this year, yeah, we've got a lot of snow. Uh, we did do a bit of walking through snow, James, didn't we, on the way to find Katsuta? <laughs> you, led, you led the way for a lot of that through thick snow. You had your own little moments yourself using the snow banks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you've got to use the snow banks on, on Rally Sweden. I was <laughs> learning from the best. But yes, we, we, we made an attempt to, uh, to find Takamoto Katsuta. Anyone who was following along with Dirtfish Live Centre would have kind of seen a little bit of what we were up to, and I think there'll be a bit more to come maybe in the behind the scenes video. Uh, there'll yeah. be on YouTube shortly for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, essentially we were following spectator paths, uh, paths to spectator areas through the woods and then mm. alongside the edge of the stage. Yeah. And then sort of the, the path ran out and <laughs> we had to make our own path through about 10, 15 centimeters of snow. So um, unfortunately we didn't quite make it to Taka. He, uh, he was kind of let out of the stage um, after the final, final car had been through, um, but that's, that's part of the, the adventure of what we do, um, and that's why you know sometimes it massively pays off, mm. and sometimes it doesn't. But um, we've got a good story, so uh, that's, yeah. that's something at least. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. We get always get a lot of comments. You know, how are dirtfish there? How are dirtfish always on the scene of whatever dramas that happen, whether it be rose section on the stage? Sometimes we don't get so lucky, like this time. And yeah, Colin's face would have, was a bit of a picture when. You realise we're going to have to walk almost half an hour, wasn't it, back through the snow? It felt like a lot more than that. <laughs> it felt like a lot more. It. And it was a bit tougher once we saw the people on the snowmobiles going past us. Yeah, we've yeah. got to get one of those next time. Yeah, exactly. I don't know who we need to write to to, to get one of those. I'm but. sure Colin knows some people. He'll know some people somewhere. So has this made, you know, you're going to come away from this event with so much fever. Um, you meet awesome people. Tell us about Victor, who we met on the recce. Victor was interesting, yeah. <laughs> lovely man. Um, so what happened was we, we um, when we are doing our recce, you know, we sort of have to pick and choose the stages we go to uh, to try and catch the drivers for, for recce interviews. And uh, for various reasons, we, we'd chosen to go to the shakedown stage. And uh, just so happened as we got there, we saw an absolute sea of Norwegian flags. And we, we were there maybe 10, 15 minutes before the first of the, the recce cars for the, mm. the Priority One drivers came in. Um, so we had time to sort of go, go and get ourselves set along the stage and, and, and met Victor, who was um, uh, a, a lovely Norwegian man uh, who's been, been spectating for many years, but, but, but had set up his own little camp. Uh, he had his, had his hat of champions, as he called it, <laughs> uh, as a hat with a Norwegian flag on it. And uh, he was getting signatures of only 
people who'd been been world champions. Yeah. Mm. Um, and unfortunately, he was waiting for Sebastian Auger and, uh, <laughs> and to inform him that he might you be waiting You had to let him down there, didn't you? You <laughs> had to let him down. Yeah, yeah. Always check the entry list. Always check the entry That's list. my advice. You were on the entry list story and itinerary story this, this rally, weren't I you? Did, so I did, It was yes. fresh in the memory, but I think my mind, most yeah. of us knew Auger wasn't going to be there, but yeah, not yeah, Victor, not sadly. Not Victor, sadly. But he did get Kelly. He did yeah. get Oi, and then we told him that Will Crichton was on the entry ah, list, and he's a junior world champion, yes. so he got the signature on on, um, on Victor's course. hat as well. But uh, Victor took a shining to you, Elliot, and he even let you sit <laughs> in his Volvo to warm up. Yeah. Now I say let let me sit in the Volvo. He forced me into his car, Victor. <laughs> which uh, HR, there's no worries. There's nothing to be aware of here. But yeah, I ba I made the off comment that my uh, feet were quite cold, and was quite comfortable by the fire. But no, Victor said, no, sit in the car, it's going to be quite warm. Victor insisted. Um, and I nearly missed a few recce cars because of that. Everyone's shouting at me, get out the car, there's a car coming. But yeah, so I couldn't really reject Victor and his kindness. No, but these are the sort of characters you meet. I feel like Victor's a, a proper rallying guy. You know, yeah, he's yeah. the sort of guy that you're only going to meet on... on on, on a rallying event when you're kind yeah. of, you, you're right out in, into the into the forest and in, into the trees and, um, you know, proper hardcore fans like Victor. Um, yeah, so that was a great And that's, great and that's what I'd recommend if you are coming to any WRC round as a spectator, as a fan, get out to the stages, but, you know, be around for recce, be around in service, be around as close as you can get to stop lines. You know, there's so much more to the rally than the race and that's what, that is our live centre slogan. That is the epitome of what we do at Dirtfish. And you saw it firsthand this weekend. Anything else you saw? Did you see any emotions from drivers? Any things yeah. that you, know, you wouldn't see through, through working at the event from home in particular? What about the Umiya um, super special stage? The, what was it called? Red Barn the Red Arena. Barn Arena. Red Barn Arena is cool. Um, they run it four times over the weekend. Yeah. Um, make use of it, don't they? They do make use of it. And it's a, it's a good atmosphere in there. It, it's not... It's not totally as crazy as you might expect from other spectator stages. You know, it's not a stadium for the 60,000 people like we had um, at, uh, at the, on the Acropolis Valley all those years ago, but it's a fun atmosphere. You know, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of families out there. We've got this massive snow hill in the middle <laughs> of it from which you can see, you know, pretty much the whole arena. Mm. And uh, lots of, yeah, lots of, lots of kids up there play, practicing uh, with their sledges going down the hill. Um, you had a little slide down there, yeah. and uh, so did Colin Clark, but you'll have to wait. I oh, know that video's on, uh, on, on Twitter, isn't that it? It will be on our X. On, on X, uh, Yes, sorry. or X or um, Twitter, and in the behind the scenes as well. Yeah, Colin made me crash test that one, didn't he? Because, yeah, that's um, the bit you don't see. No, and I got soaking, uh, soaking. not good. But uh, yeah, I, I personally, I've been lucky enough to go to a lot of super specials in the last couple of years. I like what they do with that, the, the, the commentary, the, the music, the uh, fires everywhere, all the, you know, tra tractors galore. If you're into yeah. your tractors, get yourself Lots of the Umiya Super Special. And they, and they make a big thing of the jump competition. Now, yes, we, exactly. We, we talked to Oliver Solberg, I think, on Friday night, and he was very, very proud of setting the new record of 39 metres. Yeah. And we were standing with Oliver Solberg yes. on Sunday when Thierry Neuville broke the record and lost half of his car in the process. And Oliver was not pleased. <laughs> Look out he for that in the pleased. bloopers, guys. I was lucky enough to be rolling when that happened. And uh, yeah, I was rolling a little bit as well when he went up to Thierry and swore at him when he walked past. Uh, I won't repeat what he said, but he wasn't happy at him for beating his jump record. Thierry didn't seem to know what had happened though, but Oliver was keeping tabs on it, that's for sure. Yeah, Thierry was, was classic Thierry. <laughs> Wasn't bothered, looked cool as ever. But uh, yeah, 40 metre jump, that's pretty good. Yeah, massively, massively. And yeah, big fan of the Red Barn Arena. Um, good atmosphere. That's how super specials, I think, should be done most of the time. You know, make it very accessible. Lots of viewing points. Big hospitality area as well. Run it as many times as possible. And it's a proper stage. We saw what happened in there Saturday night. It could have been Malcolm Wilson's worst birthday present in history, probably, couldn't it? It very nearly was. It very nearly was. And, uh, yeah. yeah, on the big screen, seeing that unfold. Yeah, you're right. It's, uh, it's a proper stage. Uh, and even the corners in the arena itself, the proper corners. You know, we saw Elvin Evans smash into whack. a snowbank on the very on the power stage. the power stage, stage didn't yeah, it? That, so, that whack. Uh, yeah, it's not, it's not. It's a tricky stage. Um, yeah. And a good one to watch. Yeah. And I know, obviously, in depth in this podcast, there's bound to be some 
deeper dives into the main news angles of the rally. But what are the couple biggest news takeaways that you have that you'd want to summarise in it? Have you got three or four off the top of your head that maybe the guys are going to go further into? Yeah, I think Taco is the one that really stands out for me. Yeah. Um, just the, the, kind of the disappointment of that battle just beginning to unfold and then suddenly it was over. Um, you know, that's, that's really unforgettable. Friday was just crazy. It'll be <laughs> one of the craziest days we've seen for a long time. Um, yeah, two world champions taken out in the same stage. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely crazy. And then, and then Friday afternoon with with the Rally Two driver uh, in Gareth Glimmay winning an overall stage. You know, <laughs> these are things that do not happen. So, yeah, I guess those would be the main uh, storylines to take away for me. Um, and of course, the EP. I mean, who can who can uh, who can honestly say that they're not absolutely thrilled for him? Yeah, um, I'm, I'm really happy for him. Yeah, and dare I say the P word. Points. We had a bit of a chat with, about this on Live Centre earlier. We'll save the detail for George, I imagine. He'll have plenty to say, but what are your thoughts quickly? Mm, yeah. Don't know if I can do that quickly, Alex. <laughs> well, let's, well you, let's not then. Let's not. Yeah. Let's leave it it's to the other guys. Uh, it's certainly, if Monty didn't deliver the talking points we expected about the point system, Sweden has. I think you've got plenty to debate there. But we'll leave that to the other guys. Yeah, we will indeed. Well, we will hand now back to the other guys, back in the studio, as they say. But James, final sign-off from Sweden. How keen are you to do another event now? You must yeah. be. Well, you want to sleep first, I imagine. I sleep for a few days, and then uh, yeah, let's do it all again. Why not? One thing I will say before we go, James uh, was in charge of the long read this rally, so has put together all of his thoughts in detail, where you actually can get a bit more of his opinion than we're getting now but you dive into everything we've talked about yeah it's on the website right you've been now. working on it through the weekend um, I'm looking forward to reading so yeah where will they find that James? dirtfish.com dirtfish.com back to you guys well I think the boys have yeah I mean we do need to talk about um, Katsuta we need to talk about the point system but David George we've got to start at the top we've got <laughs> Thursday Excellent, excellent start to the rally as it always is in Sweden. Friday, well, I ran out of paper and the snowbanks. <laughs> I absolutely love snowbanks because they just uh, deliver yeah. every time. Saturday, we have the action with Katsusa and Sunday we can talk about the point system. So I think we need to go through this on a day-to-day -day roundup. Do you think that works? Should we start with Friday? Can do. Yeah, it, it absolutely makes sense. Uh, and Friday was telegraphed, wasn't it? From from Thursday night when when that <laughs> snow started to fall, it was, it was absolutely. Um, and there is absolutely nothing you can do. First on the road, you are going to be crucified. Uh, you're clearing the snow, and particularly the the snow tires that the cars have got these days, or or you know the only option tire that the cars have got. You come from Monte Carlo where you have a choice of four tires into Sweden yeah. where you've got one. Uh, and these well, times just don't clear. Sorry, David. No, no, no yeah, George. You, you know, I was about yeah. to say to you. You know, you, yeah. the tires don't clear the snow in the way that no. You know, the tires well, on your mini to, in Sweden they, would have done. Well, as you know, my, my mini's not a good example. The tires I had in mini were like <laughs> the tires these guys were using now. Actually, right. Basically, uh, they, they were they were uh, uh, normal ten inch mini uh, uh, winter tires that we managed to drill holes in and put studs in. It was a very tenuous business. Um, didn't really, didn't really work that well at all. Um, I remember the guy coming along to. They, they come along with a little uh, template to put over the tire, to count the studs in, and they do that very, very diligently. Not, not every stage, but like very frequently, like maybe every second or third stage. And the guy came to us and said, you have to turn your front steering wheel, your, your front wheels, so you can get a look at it. And he, and he just he just looked at it and walked away because there wasn't a single stud <laughs> on the tyre. Well, there was. There, there, there'd be maybe 10 studs left, but they weren't on the bit that, that, that showed up for him. So we were running studless for right at the end of the rally. We were, well, say right at the end of the rally, probably about halfway through, we had no studs left, really genuinely no studs left. And we still finished. And far from last. And still overtaking cars and stages, uh, being driven by. So you, albeit, so you by, know what conditions were like this weekend. Then? Well, absolutely. That that uh, that first event we did was was quite snowy and 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 a little little bit melty. That was nineteen eighty three. But 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 just before we hark back to that, the tires that are now um, they're now running 
are these um, 15 inch, uh, we're on 15 inch gravel tires and uh, the um, they're, they're very wide, they're very stable and they don't, they no longer have these incredibly narrow winter tires which you used in the snow or the ice. The difference between an ice tire and a snow tire was the ice tires, believe it or not, had the studs further into the tire so that they were more stable in the tire and the snow versions of the same had uh, had the had the tire had had the stud left a little bit proud, so that it could dig down through the snow and reach the ice. But also they were about one third of the width. If you look back at the historical photographs of the cars when you used to see them at the trotting track at Fargestad in in uh, in um, Karlstad, um, Fargestad being the ice trotting track, and the cars used to run round uh, side by side. Um, the uh, the 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 tires were literally probably about fifty millimeter wide at the tread area. I jest you not. I mean, if if they weren't fifty millimeters wide, they were they were fifty five millimeters wide. It was incredibly small area that the that the the tires contacted the ground in order to make the ice purchase. So when it was snow, yes, it affected it of course greatly, but they had solutions for it. And remember, you could change tires after every stage. Mm. Nothing wrong with that. We managed to do it then. And then last point on that, which detracts a little bit from the entire conversation, uh, but it, it does lead into Colin's favourite topic of points and entertainment and what's the point of it all, uh, that the first special stage was the Fargestad trotting track, uh, which people will remember now. But if you go back into the 70s, the, the mid-70s, before my involvement, uh, even, and I'm old, um, the, the cars ran four cars on the start line, uh, and they did a, a two or three laps flat out, no co-drivers, and that was a special stage. Wow! Get that, David. Sounds like fun. If you're looking for entertainment, there you go. Absolutely. But what about Friday's entertainment, George? We knew Friday's let's, entertainment. Let's get... Okay, sorry. Stick stick with Friday. So so we had that problem. They were all going to. So basically, the first cars on the road really just were genuinely um, struggling. So Elvin Evans. Elvin Evans, twenty eighth quickest, twenty eighth overall on the stage on stage five. And then he went first on the road for the next stage, and actually, I think he was, uh, I think he was twenty fifth quickest on that one. So that was uh, forty two Bratby, and then uh, and then the uh, well, stage six, I forget the name of it actually, Norby, Norby it was, mm. um, and that was that was just twelve k's. That was the one he ran first on the road for, and what a massive risk he was. He, he went up to that stage thinking, okay, I've got a little line to follow. And your whole mindset is set on, you know, how you're going to drive the stage. And then all of a sudden, Thierry Neuville doesn't pitch up. Yeah. Um, and th that's that's at the heart of this is what we've got to discuss yeah. here, uh, is yeah. is okay. that whole issue. I've We've literally sent our, <clears throat> sent our story live this morning with further discussion of exactly what happened um, on on that Friday. And just... Uh, George, I, the the one thing I've done, I've tried to do to to bring a little bit more analysis into this story, mm -hmm. uh, is talk about the the time. So I'm sure you've done this, but I'll just run and and if I've got this wrong, please shout at me. Uh, but from what I can understand, Neville was first on the road for five stages, so that meant he he, I think he did thirty thirty seven miles. Um, something like that across the uh, across those five stages. Now, just give me a moment because I have actually lost that. Right, got it, got it, got it, got it. So, uh, and I'll read it between stages two and five. Uh, when the Monte Carlo Rally winner was first on the road, the number eleven Hyundai cleaned forty-one miles a stage at a cost of one minute fifteen. That's obviously to the to the to the leader. That's yeah. a loss of around 1.9 seconds per mile. So the three stages that remained on Friday meant he was going to do he was going to clean the road for another 25 miles. That would have cost him around 54 seconds. Oof. So mm -hmm. he actually lost, I think, 57 seconds or something. So sorry, he lost 55.8 seconds. But he had the bonnet pin come up, so that would have cost him certainly a handful of seconds. But the mm -hmm. big point here is that everybody's kind of saying, well, firstly, you know, we need to underpin all of this conversation with the fact that Thierry Neville had a fuel pressure problem. That it is, that's what happened. That's what he says happened. That's what the team said happened. 
what we're looking at here now is 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 the potential for gamesmanship and whether it would actually um... can i can i just interrupt you there can you just tell us what a fuel pressure problem means and especially as we're talking about hybrid cars now as well george can get to that bit in a sec but basically the the, the car wouldn't fire up okay uh there were a couple of things that were that were interesting about when the car wouldn't fire but fundamentally we need to actually look at the time that elvin lost because elvin was first on the road so there's a bunch of people that were saying well you know whether or not he did this on purpose or whether it was a genuine problem he didn't really gain anything well actually he did because across those mm -hmm. 25 miles elvin lost a minute and 22 so already compared to the 55 mm -hmm. odd seconds that thierry lost thierry's 30 seconds up so it would have been a good idea now the other issue that that everybody seems to to be coming to us with is that when you can hear thierry trying to fire the car it's like the ignition's not on because there's nothing. It's just, it's not even turning over, is it, George? It's just, a, it, there's, there's nothing there. So it, I've, I've, I have, I've confess I have not heard that particular, uh, that particular little bit of a loop. So I'm not totally familiar with that one. But it, yeah, well, I've listened, yeah. watched and, and listened and watched and listened and I've watched I've heard again. all the comments. Of, yeah. And it doesn't, it just doesn't seem right. Uh, and then suddenly it yeah. does fire. Um, and and yeah. fundamentally... What were they looking for in in the with a fuel pump under the bonnet when the fuel pump is is in the tank in the boot? Uh, I I don't know. Um, so fuel pressure problem, George. What? Yeah. Okay. So the high pressure and low pressure pumps. So the 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 low pressure pump is just making sure that fuel comes from the back. That the tank at the back is usually in the tank or very near the tank, right at the bottom of the tank, usually, well, could be in, in these cars, possibly and probably very inaccessible. I've not seen the cars. Um, and uh, it just, it, it switches on and it, it pumps fuel from the tank forward to the, at, at low pressure, probably just, uh, you know, uh, three to five PSI, maybe as much as, ha uh, as, as half a bar, seven or eight PSI, uh, higher volume pump, lower pressure, and it just pressurizes the fuel the fuel behind the main high pressure fuel pump which on the common rail system is whatever pressure that's at it, it considerably more and uh, and that and that keeps the car in fuel so um f failures of these things are not are, are not incredible uh, and um it's a self repairing fuel pump i'm going to buy a hyundai fuel pump now because i, I like self repair that's good that'll save save everybody a fortune <laughs> Uh, basically, I think, um, I mean, look, it's not impossible. I remember two years ago, and so, look, I'm going to put both sides of the argument here. Two years ago, at the end of the big stage in uh, the Suswa stage in Kenya, Thierry came to the end of the stage, stopped about a kilometre, not even, not even a kilometre after the stop line, before he got to the main road, a nice quiet spot where I happened to be standing, hoping that people would stop there. Thierry stopped to do the work on his car he wanted to do make sure there was no dust in it get it all ready and he then couldn't start the car yeah and it went on and on he had spark plugs out it looked like it was going to be fatal it looked like it wasn't going to start and he was going on to the next stage and time was running and it went 15 maybe even 20 minutes he uh he had spark, as i said he had spark plugs out he put them back in started to try to fire it and then all of a sudden, um, we noticed uh, there was a little bit of smoke coming out of the exhaust. But you couldn't really hear the engine firing. And then he stopped and he spoke to his engineer again. And then he uh, he tried again with, I, I can't remember what he did, but he tried something else. I think he probably spun it over with the fuel pump switched off and then on again. And uh, all of a sudden it started to fire very, very slowly on one cylinder, then two, then three and then four, but very, very roughly. And there were clouds of smoke, oil, smoke, and I mean, smelling of engine oil and fuel and just an absolute fog of smoke out the back of the car. You'd have said the car was on fire. If you looked at it from a distance, you'd have said the car was on fire. But he got it fired up and he drove away and he drove away with smoke pouring out of it. And my opinion was that the engine was blown. Some aspect of the engine was blown. Maybe a head gasket was away because it could have been water in it. There was no smell of of, uh, of of coolant. So that kind of suggested it wasn't that. But the amount of smoke, I, I presumed that there was a, a, a catastrophic failure in the engine, allowing oil into the cylinder somehow. 
and he was going to you know stop on the next road section or the next stage and he didn't he, he continued on until he broke his suspension on the last day um so that's the that's the first thing to say that something like that has happened before so there you are in in Hyundai's favor or in Thierry's favor um the, the, there's a, an actual classic example that I've witnessed that has happened before um the next point is What's wrong with doing this? The drivers mm. up until the early 2000s, even probably the mid 2000s, were always playing these games on the way into a road section and sorting it out. And it, it's, it's only really become an issue because of the, well, no offence to anybody, the slightly puritanical approach <laughs> of Toyota saying, we're not going to do team orders. Yeah. Does that include no strategy? Because honestly speaking, Honestly speaking, the way that they harp on about it, it almost sounds like each driver's free to do what they want. But it, but that's not the case. There's team orders and there's team strategy. Mm. Yeah. Uh, now, I think what Hyundai did was protecting themselves from the well. Let's call it let let let's let's be um, topical here. A sort of snowflake element that seems to think that doing. Take, trying to take any sort of advantage within the current regulations that you can is is absolutely reprehensible on yeah. the event. Doing it on the event in the sporting sense is awful. Well, they don't seem to think it's bad for them to spend vast amounts of money and, and just millions and millions and millions of euros every year developing their car more than, say, Malcolm can. That's not fair, yeah, if you like. In that sort of snowflake sense. So, bottom line is, I think what happened was Thierry saw an opportunity, and just to just to put it to bed, he thought we'll make this look good. He may have even done it himself without the team's knowledge. Highly unlikely, but it's not impossible. And why wouldn't he? He's a young man that's determined to win the world championship. Why would you give away any chance you've got? So right. basically. He potentially feigned a fuel problem at the fuel pot at the fuel uh, restop in front of of uh, Elfin, so that the ground's been laid. And then up near the stage, you you can't start the car for a very convenient, exactly what you needed four minutes. So it wasn't five minutes or six minutes. It was just four minutes, exactly that's, what you would take on that penalty. That's the bit, isn't it, George? That It's yeah. that convenience factor that you can't get away from. It, it and it's that convenience factor that's, that started all of this debate. But everything that you've said, I have to agree with. Um, you, you know, I, I can totally see Toyota's point that they want this championship fought out on the stages. But not everybody has the same feeling as them. And no rules have been broken here. And, you know, the example that no I No rules have been broken. You know, and there's so many examples of this, of, of drivers just slowing down, of stopping, of Burnsy having the puncture. Was it a puncture? Probably probably not a puncture um, in in Australia to, so that he could put their pull over in a control and force Tommy Mackinac yeah, to go in yeah, front that of was, him. That was, that, that was very edgy. That resulted in a rule change. Yeah, it, exactly, it yeah. did. Um, but, you know, until yeah. those rules change, you play to them. Yeah. You know, you absolutely abso it's part of the game. You absolutely do. And and yeah. And it's not even, you know, I kept trying to think, is there is there a rugby analogy here? You know, I, one of my absolute heroes is Richie McCaw, uh, one of the finest, absolute finest yeah. forwards that would ever play world rugby. And he was him and Martin Johnson, always, absolutely, always at that absolute limit of what they could get away with. To the left and, of the and quite, yeah. To, and sometimes Lee's over the letter of the law, if they thought the ref wasn't watching, there might be a the little bit of shenanigans. That's your job. You're, that is yes. your job. Well, guys, absolutely. Yeah. Easy, easy with these, easy with these rugby analogies. Now, guys. <laughs> but we'll but, but, but the it, point yeah. is, you know, <laughs> the ref didn't, the ref didn't turn any blind eyes here at all. Everything, there was nothing illegal done. No, no, Re no, there was nothing. I think it was, honestly speaking, really, really smart. Unbelievably hard in the current environment. It, it's quite a hard thing to do. But Swedish rally was filled with drivers hiding down roads, and in all probability, probability, Yari Matti's done it himself. Yeah, you know, in all probability, he was he was part of that era, an early part of that era, but he was already starting to show well. I mean, he he, he certainly his teammates and the people around him would have been doing it at the time he was involved. You maybe don't like it, but that's the rules. You know, until well, until they make. Uh, 
but there is there used to be another regulation which sat there and I I have searched for it um, and I can't actually find it deep within the the sporting regs it might even be in the sporting code but the clerk of the course used to have the power to set the running order reset the running order at any point during an event and I remember talking to Gary Connolly about this in Western Australia uh, around that time that 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 Richard made the 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 mistake and I think he actually did this at one point or he was certainly going to do it if he didn't do it but basically the the clerk of the course in my view could have stopped the rally at that point you see what's happening uh, stopped the rally held held Elfin for a couple of minutes mm-hmm. yeah and seen if Thierry came in Thierry checks in and he just pops Thierry back in front yeah, now the clerk of the course used to have the power to do that, and that would solve that problem entirely if if somebody wanted to do it. Yeah, although I think it's a fabulous thing to leave. You know, the end game of that was really really interesting. I worked through the end game if they if they both started to hold back to see to see what would happen, and and of course the the one to blink first would have been Thierry. Yeah. Um, but they were both in a very similar tactical situation. But, you know, one of the one of the team had gone, so they couldn't allow themselves to fall back into the clutches too far. That the the, uh, the rally two cars were in danger of taking a shitload of points from them, so uh, they couldn't they couldn't uh, allow them to be selves to be dragged back into minutes of that. But but they could do maybe up to a minute's worth, um, which Thierry was quite close to already, really. But but ultimately, what it did was it it forced Elvin. First on the road, and this is the other aspect. Yeah, and, of, and the risk—that's that's the dirty element, it, uh, David. Because yeah, it risks somebody else's rally, you know. And but what it did for me was it brought out the absolute best in Elvin Evans, where we saw an, an outstanding drive. Dirt Fish's Women in Motorsport Summit is rapidly approaching. <laughs> Saturday, March the 2nd, is the big day. But if you're not in Snoqualmie and attending in person, fear not. You can tune in to the live stream on dirtfish.com to watch legends of the sport like Michelle Mouton, Pamela Solberg, Bex Williams and many more sharing their success at the sport's highest level. Snowbanks. Let's talk about snowbanks and how they swallowed yeah. up the the hopes of Oit Tanak and uh, Rovenfera. That that it was a surprise for me, a big surprise for me, Calais, because we spoke to him after Arctic, um, after Arctic Rally, where mm. he he was sensationally quick, um, and I absolutely expected him to walk away with this event, uh, mm-hmm. totally. You know, he just he'd got the prime place on the road. Um, and he came in super confident and just eager, ready to get back to it. Yeah. He'd sat out Monty and done his own thing, and he's got a great year ahead of him. And it just all went wrong. Uh, it did. And and it was the, the same for Tanak. And, you know, these snowbanks, it's such a fine line, isn't it, George? You know, you can lean, 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 oh. lean, lean on them, and then, bop, yeah. you're in, you, you know, you've leaned a little bit too heavily. And maybe there's a, just a slight change in the shape of the snowbank and it just pivots the car around, sends the front in, and you're done. Um, and, you know, the, the, the perfect snowbank, just at the time you really want it, it just doesn't exist because, you know, you want strength from the snowbank. But you'd, equally, you don't want it to be too hard because you don't want it to, to knock corners off the car. Um, but equally, you don't want it too mm-hmm. soft that it's going to potentially suck the front of the car in or just scoop a whole load of snow into the air intake, which is then going to cost you another 30 seconds because you've got to pull over um, and clear the snow yeah. out of the front of the car. So, yeah, yeah, they, they both fell foul of, well, their own exuberance slash uh-huh. slightly imperfect snowbanks, perhaps. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the, let's, let's not forget the conditions of that snow uh, did does increase the jeopardy massively mm. uh, the the chance to be caught out and when you saw the the footage of the way these guys were driving everybody was having moments and spins and and near moments just as we've already discussed but basically you look at those first two stages there was stage 2 and 3 the first two stages that morning um okay so so Kala was was leading the rally uh, but but Esapeka had just made a fastest time 
and you know taking the one point two seconds out of him, uh, he would be he would be seeing you know great road position, but he's not stretching a lead. You know, Takamoto's just six seconds behind him. Um, it, it's all it's all to play for. Uh, and not Tanax uh, just just pretty well sitting there as well, just you know that six seconds behind. But I mean, without a doubt, Ott and Kali wanted to uh, put their signature on the event. So uh, I think I think Ott was keen to pop in a, a fastest time, to really maximise every opportunity, knowing that the second pass is not going to be so good. They'd have to make all their advantage there. They maybe hadn't got as much as they thought they were going to get. I mean, Taka. I mean, what an incredible performance on that first morning! Absolutely amazing, um, and of course, Esapeka. You know, that was also just absolutely stunning, absolutely stunning performance from him. You know, he, you know, it appeared that he, the last half of the rally he cruised, he cruised to a victory, uh, which he did. But he worked hard from mm. stage one onwards. It was very, very impressive. Well, not from stage one. He didn't do. He didn't go so well <laughs> in stage one, but from stage two yeah, onwards, true. he did. You know, he took. You know, he beat Kali Rovenpera. He beat Tanak. He and, beat and, Takamoto Katsuta. And then an, an interesting opinion from Neville, who who reckons that regardless of whether Kali was in or out, EP was still going to win the event. <clears throat> and yeah, when I heard Thierry say that, I thought, "Ooh, that's quite a big call." But actually. <sighs> It's hard to ignore on the evidence of what we saw in terms of stage times um, on Friday. Lappy just looked mm. in control, uh, and it's he did. It, yeah, it's then it's then easy to say that everybody pulled a lot of time out of him uh, across the weekend. But Lappy's work was done, really, wasn't it? By it was, it was by Friday absolutely. night, absolutely. And and then yeah. at, that that actually exposes you to to a potentially mm. a harder aspect of the sport of trying to manage a lead for, for two days. It's not well, easy, and it's not easy. It's, and it's a well, very that's, difficult that's thing, and can, for, for Esapeka to manage that as well. That's where we can bring, well. in, bring I mean, in the um, you, the difference between um, how Esapeka, six years, six months, 19 days since he'd last won a World Rally Championship, mm. and Katsusa, who who will have learnt some very hard lessons from um, how he drove on Saturday, because he was trying, I feel, and pushing a little too hard and ended up with his car buried in a snowdrift, uh, snowbank. Yeah, yeah. So Katsuta, let's yeah. talk about him yeah. because Just... it, it was, and you said this, George, last week. This was Katsuta's opportunity to score his maiden win. Yeah, he's ah, still he totally not demonstrated. That, right? He's got the patience. Yeah, he's he's not demonstrated the patience. Sadly, it, it, I, I would go he... along with exactly that because you know when I saw yeah. when he took that time on the first one on Saturday morning. You just kind of thought, right, now please, Taka, just steady away here. Don't get carried away. Don't. And we have seen it uh-huh. a few times before. And sadly, it looks as though he did get carried away again. Um, and it's such a shame it's... because he's he is the loveliest guy. Um, you know, there's yeah. there's definitely a hard edge to Taka as well. It, um, yeah, it, it's not it's not a shame, David. It's not a shame. It it's just it's just part of the growth and the building. Look, he, yeah, but at he some point got, he's got to build and he's got to be built. Yeah. But he, but he is. I I see the progression in the guy. Mm. I see the progression in him all the time. Yeah, St- stand back. I mean, maybe maybe you're almost too close to it to see it. But no, 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 I, there's an I, incredible I, progression in it. I agree, um, but that progression has come over quite a long time now. Uh, yeah, well, that, that's what motorsport is, you know. Well, look at to- Tommy Mackinnon. Tommy Mackinnon had his first factory drive. What was it in in nineteen ninety or ninety one? Mm. Yeah, it was. It was basically 94. another five years. Yeah. five years until he got a, got a win, uh, with a with a with a customer car almost really a, a sort of an odd little sort of car option he got, and and then another year until he got a a proper factory drive where he could start to hammer it through and win everything. Yeah, and he just gelled, gelled with it. So it does take time, and 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 remember, they've come into it. They're they're manufactured rally drivers. You know, Takamoto always you know wants to be a rally driver, but he was a race driver. There's a heck of a lot of things to beat out of somebody. You know, we've not quite got the race driver beaten out of Takamoto yet, which is why we're seeing these mistakes. I think it's as simple as that. 
Uh, that that level of impatience. No, I've got this now. No, he's, he's not. And I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. The guy has progressed. This was another massive growth. Look at Esa Pekka. I mean, mm. you know, honestly speaking, you know, before the rally even started, I thought, you know, he might go well for a while, but sadly, Esapeka's just, you know, he's going to be in a great position, then he's yeah. just going to stick the car off in a snowbank. Historically, Because that's yeah. his form. Yeah. And, and he didn't. He actually kept it together. And listening to him at the stage ends, he was he, he was as glib and smart with his comments, you know, all the clever comments that he makes, and, and they're very funny. I love them. Uh, but there was less of them this weekend. He was more concise. He was more focused. And that's it. Katsuta as well was was a little bit more focused, but still a little bit gushing, a little bit, a little bit too excitable. And you've got to pull that in and to, to a little. To, maybe that's not quite the, the 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 what what I'm saying is not actually not what's happening. But he does need to calm down and so, be patient. If he'd been patient, that fight would have gone on. It was the first man to blink, and he blinked awful early. So one man who was patient, yeah. who did rein it in, Adrian Formo. What a what a drive from him for Amazing. M Sport as well. Yeah. Superb. And, Absolutely. And I'm one so of happy to say that I yeah. that I tipped him so strongly in last week's podcast. What did he do right? I mean, we're talking about patience here about actually driving yeah. to the conditions it was exactly and not looking too far in front. It, exactly what George just said. You know, all of those character traits that, that Taka needs to develop, Formo absolutely displayed all of them. Patience, yeah. common sense. You know, not risking everything when you don't need to. And just almost, I would say, George, driving within himself. You know, yeah, the- <clears throat> it kind of is. He was, he was, he was uh, measuring the risks. Where, yeah. where, where can I take the chances and where can't he? Still made the fastest time, for goodness sakes. He was, he was pushing where he felt he could and then pulling it back in. It's that, it's that overview, that, that global picture they have of the event of each stage in their head i mean these drivers they they, i mean it used to be that you you know when i started a stage myself i would i i would know that stage i'd I'd have wrecked it three or four times uh, back in the day Mm. like sweden uh, finland i I wrecked every stage four some some of them five and six times and you 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 envision the stage and you know where where it's going to be tricky now i'm now i'm on the rally that incredibly fast bit over three crests with crash barriers down each side up on the edge of a ridge and then it sweeps down into a series of tighter corners and you're already thinking okay that's a pl- I need to be careful coming through there because I'll be I'll be at top end of fourth thinking about fifth gear and do I really want to just go for fifth or just hold fourth brake make sure the car's stable to get down through there because if I make a mistake at that point there's no recovery from it and that's what you've got to have figured out in your head before you even start the stage Mm. It's 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 a there's a there's a long view and then there's the instant view that you're getting of the three four five hundred yards in front of the car that you're dealing with through the notes through your 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 own you know picturing where the road's going and your own built-in knowledge and, and recall of the stage from the recce and but all the videos that they watch. I think you know it it, it is very early to to talk mm. about former as as a reformed character, but. He sits third in the championship after two rounds and two very strong performances. You know, Monty, he yeah. wanted to go there and he wanted to show the world that, yeah, he was redemption man. Um, and he, and he, he kind of contained that, if you like, uh, and he drove did. a very sensible opener uh-huh. and a brilliant second round. Um, what he yeah. needs to do now is go to Safari, which is undoubtedly one of his favourite rallies, loves the country, loves the place, will be absolutely delighted to go back there. You know, he he needs to be looking at another podium because, okay, you yep. can look at the top three um, for this year of Thierry, Elvin and, and uh, Oit. It's quite likely one of those three is going to have an issue on, on Safari. So just be there, you know, be there well, at this know, kind of 95% absolutely. pace. There is, a, there is another element to Safari this year, which is completely unknown and unexperienced. It's not just the weather, um, David, it's the temperature. We're now going at a very warm time of the year uh, where the temperatures can get up to 35 degrees. The last three years we've been there, a, a, a warm day has been 26, 27 degrees. Uh, so it's 10 degrees warmer potentially. Um, now, it was six years I went to Safari Rally before I saw a wet one, uh, and then it was a proper wet one. So we could also see a lot more wet stages. I think 
I would, you know, I would put Ford on a pedestal. I would put Malcolm on a pedestal and mm. say, Malcolm, this one has to be, this one has to be yours. Um, I don't know how much resource I've got to put into it. I would be taking my two drivers, um, and I would be, I would be, in, and I would, I would uh, phone up, phone up, um, Ian Duncan, and I would make sure that Adrian and uh, um, Gregoire, Gregoire go for a very nice dinner with Ian Duncan and let Ian Duncan regale regale them of all the pitfalls and all the silly things that can happen. And I guarantee you, Ian knows every single metre of every single stage they're doing mm. and all the characteristics, and that would be a very worthwhile dinner for them. Yeah, but, um, it, it, you know, FOMO was just absolutely oh, tremendous. on the money. Absolutely totally on the money. On the money. Yeah. yeah, and just to, to hark back to 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 that composure and that that ability and that knowledge and and resource that he dug deep to find that patience uh katsuta last stage again another obviously very very risky bit of a stage right near the end um uh of that of the of the long stage where he where he basically got a little bit out of like carrying a huge amount of speed driving beautifully just a little bit crossed up when he hit a compression and it flipped the car around phenomenally mm. lucky to survive but of course it uh, it dropped him away out of the out of the running and cost him quite a bit and again sadly it was you know it had been a it had been a good day yeah should we wrap up um yeah. i mean what, what did that cost him was it a, was it a minute yeah pretty well yeah. shall we wrap up the uh the Just... other championships that were uh in action wrc2 and a win for oliver solberg effectively a home win for him yeah. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> it, it, probably it, it is absolutely worthwhile to talk about on <clears throat> on on Friday to sit third overall. Yep, of course. Yeah, that was that was tremendous. Lever leveraging every little bit of an advantage. It, it, exactly. Had a bit of an advantage. But, but honestly, honestly, David, I thought before he even got halfway through the day, he's going <laughs> to bin it because he was complaining bitterly about how terribly he's driving, how awful the car is, X, Y, Z. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, I, 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 I do have Oliver's phone number and I nearly phoned him on a road section. I thought, get a grip, man. I didn't do that um, because it's, it's not the right thing to do to anybody. But crikey, you know, you did a great job. But again, although he was getting emotive and emotional and not happy with his performance, he, on the stages... He did trust himself. He relied on himself. He did, you know, he did yeah. rely no, on I, the inner core of solid performance. And he didn't, he did, although he was obviously getting very upset with himself, he wasn't actually. But I, I don't think he was, way. George. I don't, I, you know, I think any driver that like comes that comes off a stage that thinks, ah, you know, I've missed four or five breaking points or whatever, they're frustrated. And that's the first thing they reach for. Yeah. Um, and, yeah and also, you know, the, the road was evolving quite quickly. Uh, the grip was becoming more inconsistent and there was more gravel coming through. So, you know, he's he's looking in the same way that his father, Petter, and his mum, Penilla. They both, they analyse everything to the nth degree. Um, and that's what you get. You get an immediate kind of download from Oliver of exactly what's happened in that stage. And you get absolute ruthless honesty um, from, from them. Yeah. But still, third overall on Friday night was just oh, insane. Was just it was it was what, it, what a reward it the, was fantastic the first time it's ever happened to see a rally two uh -huh. car uh, at the end of a day there and you know again everything we've said about ep the composure that that lappy showed uh, across saturday sunday that was exactly oliver you know he had a lead to yeah. to defend over linamai or or sami payari and, and he did it it was it, was, it, it he just he just nibbled away the tiniest little margin uh, for for you know for most of the stages he just managed to just nibble a little bit more and give himself that bit of comfort yeah on the last day where he basically just didn't have to make a mistake but in those conditions well sun sunday of course was on much, much better conditions but but still tough yeah um, no and, and, and i'd say you know job. it was obviously first round of juniors yeah. as well lise and mm. and johansson you know good win uh for him but some he, this is the biggest field um of, of junior drivers we've it's we've great. had i think probably Absolutely ever great it's it's epic um and it was encouraging to see uh romit jorgensen finish second he's obviously one of the 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 fia drivers the rally star drivers 
And then amazing as well that Eamon Kelly up in third, a podium on his, his first time in juniors. That was great. There was so much to talk about throughout the junior field uh, that we could we could probably do a podcast yeah. um, on it on its own for, for those guys. And and we should we will do more more and more coverage of, of juniors because it is a, a huge field. It's, and you, it's <clears throat> tremendous. And, and yeah. you know, it's well, there's kind of progression. Every, proper competition, proper progression. You look at at the the, the final stage. Max Smart is up there, second quickest. It's it's good. Um, and it, there's a lot to talk about in there. So we will dissect juniors uh, through through the season. But just like every aspect of Sweden, it, that competition just delivered. Uh, it was it was fantastic. But we need to get to points and we need to get to Sunday. Yes, let's get to points and let's get to Sunday. So uh, comments have been made about the fact that Elvin um, was able to um, improve his position by a great run on the Sunday. But this is the first time we've seen the new point system really the the cogs really kick in on it um i think it's made it exciting and after such a d- difficult weekend for elvin at the front clearing the road as a snowplow mm-hmm. it was great that his rally wasn't over when he knew that he was going to be running first on the road be an interesting to to question him now he, he wasn't really in favor of it beforehand for the very reasons that uh, he got the the best points this <laughs> weekend so but he was the beneficiary I, but look I, what a fantastic event he had i mean he the guy drove with real metal real intelligence had that curveball flung at him by Thierry on the first day good for Thierry for doing it brilliant for elfin just to uh, absolutely handle it and then on the last day he actually showed something that we were desperate for him to show. Event after event, which we never see, he pushed himself out right on that limit. Um, and, uh, okay, it, it, he didn't quite manage it on the last stage. He just slightly <laughs> overcooked what was just about the last corner of the rally. But uh, what a fantastic recovery. And he showed some real metal and went for it. And you know what? It was actually really rewarding to see it. And I'm I'm happy that he did it. And... Uh, I think he, I think he was deserving of maximum points in a in a strange way. I I agree, a hundred percent. And you know, <laughs> Elvin Evans, as we all know, is is nothing if not absolutely true to himself. And I I sent him a message uh, on Sunday. Obviously, I wasn't on the event. Just saying, great job. Uh, and I can confirm via <laughs> <a> fairly <laughs> spicy message back that. He is still not a fan of the point system. <laughs> uh, Very good. Regardless of, of of and you know that's Elvin to the to his core, isn't it? You well, know he he has the, he's as we say set his stall out, and just because it's favoured him this time, he's not going to change his opinion. Um, no, good lad. Good I lad. I think it, for me it absolutely did. I was completely uh, conflicted on Sunday because uh-huh. I came away from there thinking, yes, I get the point system. Elvin deserved that. Yeah. He drove brilliantly, and his his event had been compromised on Friday for whatever reason, but he got a reward. And suddenly I thought, well, is that just a, because he's a Brit, because I like him, because I don't know. But actually, it's not. He drove, he earned those points. And we talked at the top of the show about, you know, rules are rules. You've got to do what you can within the rules. That's exactly yeah. what he did. But actually, you know, I think that Elvin didn't actually throttle back throughout the uh-huh. event. You know, people incorrectly talk about him having a fairly quiet Saturday no he didn't he was absolutely on it through Saturday that's how totally he took was, a minute totally and a half was, back yeah. off Lappy to come within yeah. half a minute of, of winning yeah. the event again so so if the points had been the other way David Elfin would have scored 18 points for being second in the rally and, and he would have scored four, four points for the super special stage so he would have been 22 points yeah instead of 24 and and yeah. EP would have been just to 25 did he get a but, yeah, so so he would have finished three yeah. points behind Lappy. So there's not much uh, in it then. Yeah, it, yeah. There's there's not a lot in it. Um, but no. so though the point I was coming to was I left. I sat in the office and thought, "Yep, I get it. That's that points thing. I'm kind of on board with that now, ish, within reason." Walked out um, and then sat down to to supper last night. And Ollie, my son, came down and said, "What's this points <laughs> thing about? I don't get that at all." He said. Mm. Lappy won the rally, but didn't get nearly as many points as El. And I thought, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and Ollie is, you know, he he's the kind of the casual observer who would have seen everything on social. 
Um, and you just kind of thought, oh, bugger. Yeah, maybe we, we have got it wrong. You know, if we're confusing the next generation, always 15. I think 15. We, have to let this, we have to let it run. We've got to run it through a whole season, a whole cycle, yeah. as it were, because, you know, if you have got a dominant driver that can win a rally halfway through the year and then consider, you know, going off and playing in another sport, then then there's something not right with the mm. point system. So I think closing the gaps between... Or the, not right with the yeah, sport, yeah, at least. Yeah. And, and, you know, we, I yeah. agree. Let's let it roll out. But also, mm-hmm. let's not stop looking because it was more than just the points that caused Cali yeah. to, to, uh-huh. to walk away for this year. So we, we need to, yeah. to dig deeper yeah. um, and, and really unearth exactly what is going on. Uh, so, yeah. But yeah, mm-hmm. so jury for me remains kind of out on the point system, but I am very glad. And ultimately, it gave us something to talk yeah. about, didn't it? You know, what could have been potentially a slightly mundane Sunday, you just kept seeing, like you said, George, Alvin just kept finding the pace uh, and, and he did. building it. He really delivered on Sunday massively. It was it was very, very rewarding to yeah. to, to to see that. Uh, because he did he 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 did dig deeper and you know, he is Mr. Consistency in, in that, you know, he he channeled his inner Adrian Formo this weekend, you know, or Adrian channeled his inner Elfin, perhaps, you know, to to do that. And that's what you've got to do in rally because it's a longer game and there's so many risks, and and you know the the, the likes of Ot Tanak and 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 Cali um, you know, they they're normally brilliant at, at at judging those risks, but the first day of Swedish rally caught them caught them both out on in very very tricky conditions they lent on their luck too much and that is what Elfin is unprepared to do he's unprepared yeah. to do that that's david's signal yeah. that he has so, another uh, meeting to get to which i think is probably no that's george that's george george is no it was me george is Sorry, literally firefighting yes. probably yeah, something yeah works works <laughs> works works already. Yeah, yeah, I am actually. Yeah, but that's okay. We'll we'll figure that out. In well, we we, we do need to um, kind of wrap but, it. But so. you no, know, Elfin Elfin did. Uh, yeah, Elfin did do that fantastic job at the end. There were some incredible drives. All these fins that came forward. Uh, George Linnemey, Rupert Korhonen, Mika Heikala, uh, mm. Lauri Yuna, um, driving absolutely brilliantly. Emil Lindholm even had I think the odd flash of brilliance in there. But but the one for me that that uh, the unsung hero of the event for me sorry I was being very anaraki this weekend Jan Solens right that's a surprise for you he yeah. made some fastest times he made some brilliant times in there yeah and the fact yeah. that, the fact that he could do that in a car he's maybe not quite come but quite clearly there's a little bit of development work to do with that car yet uh, which is a surprise in one way maybe maybe that car's already peaked I don't know but. Um, uh, I think he did an incredible job in there actually this weekend. Yeah, Fla- the, flashes of brilliance. Anyway, the, the, the other one I was going to say as well is you know we talked about fastest times and we we've uh-huh. we should remember Thierry Neville did a great job yeah. as well to bring yeah. everything back. He absolutely did, uh, and yeah. to make time up. Yeah. You know, let's forget about what happened on Friday. Now, whatever happened happened. Yeah. Uh, we're in for a great year and a great championship, and he leads absolutely the championship yeah. leaving here. So. Let's get on with yeah. it and let's enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, he had the toughest of starts to this event. Yeah, um, and he 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 bottled it for f- for five stages and then basically said, "I've had enough of this." And good on him for doing that because it it you know it maybe puts him in a tough place. But Thierry, history will history doesn't care about that. That was a bit of rallymanship. Oh, yeah, it was a and, fuel pressure problem. Yeah, or it was yeah. a fuel pressure problem. Whatever, I don't care. You did a brilliant job, and uh, you you pulled you pulled uh, a result out of a fire. You know, potential. It would you know it would have been so easy for him to have done what what uh, Ott and and yeah, exactly. Cali did. As as and the same for Elf. And those first two cars really do absolutely clean the road. You know, the first car will lose a second or two seconds per kilometer to the second car. The second car will lose a second a kilometre to the third car. The, th- the fourth car will lose half a second a kilometre to the mm. to the third car. So it gets better, exponentially better as, as the road clears. Yeah. So in the toughest of conditions, both Thierry and Elfin did a brilliant job. Uh, Elfin had that, you know, first on the road sprung on them. Uh, were they sleeping? Um, maybe, maybe they weren't expecting that. Uh, maybe it was a, a genuine problem. Uh, as we said, as I, as I pointed out, <laughs> I've witnessed... Probably a very similar thing happening in Finland 
two or three years ago. Um, the fact that that their that their team, their chief engineer uh, could come on and talk so eloquently about it. Um, how come they know there's a problem there and and it's not fixed? You know what's going on there. That doesn't sound right. And it, it sounds it's like it's part been of the sport. For a while. It's part of the sport. Let's enjoy it's it and let's keep sport. talking Absolutely. about it. It's given us Look, plenty to talk about. Plenty to enjoy. A little bit of mystique. Yep. I'll, I'll wrap up. I'll wrap up with one comment. Thank you, Thierry Neuville. <laughs> yeah. I think you're. I think you're spot on. Thank you, Rally yeah. Sweden, for um, giving Great us plenty weekend. to talk about. Great plenty weekend. to watch. Fantastic pictures on dirtfish.com. Go and check out the website for everything. There's some lovely tributes as well to Craig Breen. I think we'll talk more about that as the year goes on. Thank you, George. Thank you, David. And if you want to get in touch, at Dirtfish Rally is the place to come. Dirtfish.com will keep you in touch with all the rally news and views that you need to be across. As a hardened rally fan like myself, Lisa O'Sullivan, we will be back to preview the rally of Kenya. But next week, it's the Rally of Nations. So Mexico will be centre stage as we bring you the next edition of Spin the Rally Pod.